Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin! On today's episode, we are headed to Nashville, Tennessee to chat with Nadia Bruce Rawlings about her amazing story. She's a talented published writer, editor, and has been sober for 23 years. Welcome, Nadia, and thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. So, Nadia, you were born in Canada but lived all over the world, which I can relate to. Other than the U.S., you also lived in Egypt, Norway, the U.K., and the Bahamas. Yeah, yes. So, it was amazing. It was amazing. I can imagine. And what place holds the best memories for you? So, I think Norway was my favorite. Um, although they were all beautiful and wonderful to live in. But Norway was during my high school years, which was my formative years and my, you know, growing up and and being in such a beautiful country and the beautiful people and the summers were lovely. Winters were kind of hellish, but, Mm -hmm. um, but it was just great. And did you learn the language? A little. I actually took it in college. Um, I, I did learn a little while I was there, and then I took it in college because it's um, <laughs> it's a very easy language. There's no irregular verbs or anything like in French and Spanish and such. Um, so I took it, but I don't remember any of it anymore. Yeah, it's easy to forget when we are not using it. And Nadia, your story is quite remarkable. You've been sober for 23 years after being addicted to drugs and alcohol, which is incredible, Nadia. So uh, congratulations for that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And how long were you using for and what made you decide to be sober? So, I mean, I always drank since I was like 12 years old. Um, And then, and then when I was like a 16 or 17 in high school, I found cocaine and that, (laughs) that became my drug of choice. And then, and it was the eighties, you know, so it was, which I'm dating myself, but, um, it was the eighties and it was prevalent. And then, um, in, when I was about 28, my mother got sick with cancer 
and I had actually stopped doing cocaine for a few years. And then um, I found it again. And I found, unfortunately, I found crack, crack cocaine. And, um, and I just was addicted from the get go. And so for four years straight, I smoked crack 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I, I shoplifted, I, you know, was ended up being homeless. It was horrible. Ended up in jail. <laughs> and then eventually I, I'd been in jail so many times that, um, for shoplifting, because I'm not a very good shoplifter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I had a choice to go to rehab and I knew, um, I knew if I didn't go, I would be using again as soon as I got out of jail. And I knew that I would go to prison this time, which would just, that would be it for me. Um, I wasn't, I got beat up in jail. I, I'm not a jail person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't really think anyone is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but prison was just really daunting to me and I wanted to avoid that. And I didn't want to die. And I really, I weighed 95 pounds. I was tiny. I was wow. pounds, and I just couldn't live that way anymore. So I agreed to go to rehab and I, I honestly thought I was just going to go for a few weeks and I ended up going for six months and it changed my life. Wow. It's, it's kind of very intense. Yeah. With, yeah. And uh, Nadia, after rehab, you became a mom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, um, I actually got pregnant two weeks after I got out of rehab, so, but I didn't know it. <laughs> and, um, my roommate was like, she's, she kept telling me, I think you're pregnant. And I was like, I'm not pregnant. And then finally I, um, my boyfriend and I had no money and we cobbled together the money to buy a pregnancy test and we took it and I was pregnant. And he said, we should do another one. It's not correct. And we didn't have enough money to buy another pregnancy test. <laughs> and and um, that was honestly the last I saw of him, except an occasional run in here and there when he when I'd run into him, like in our neighborhood. Um, he did not want to be a dad. And um, so I became a single mom working full time and going to 12 step meetings and uh, it was it was a lot of work. She's twenty one now. Wow, she's twenty one. Oh. She's my angel. Yeah, and I can see that after that you got your old job back as a file clerk at a film distribution company, but you were quickly promoted to vice president. Oh, am I wrong or is this correct? That's that's correct. That's amazing. I, it was amazing. I had been before I became a crackhead. <laughs> um, I was a director of international sales and administration at a at a company, and and my old boss um, gave me a job as a file clerk while I was in rehab, and then and then they they promoted me to an assistant. 
and I had, and then I had the baby. And when I came back from having the baby, I went in on my first day of work and she said, Oh, the person I was assisting has quit. And you are now, you have her job now. So you're vice president of contract administration. And, um, it was like the quickest promotion ever. <laughs> wow. Wonderful. Nadia, you are a published writer. Yes. Yes. That was a dream come true. When I was, um, when Sophia, my daughter, was about five, she asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, when I was a little kid. And I said, oh, I always wanted to be a writer, an author. And she said, well, mommy, it's not too late. And, um, you know, out of the mouth of babes. And I now have two books published of short stories and poetry. Um, one is called Scars and one is called Driving in the Rain. And they're memoirs about my life. Um, as Scars, there's actually two stories that are fiction and the rest is all memoir. And Driving in the Rain is all memoir. What inspires you besides your daughter, of course? Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, the ocean and, and now that we're in Nashville, we're so far away from the ocean. It's it's hard. Um, but nature in general and um, other writers, I, I love short stories. I've always loved short stories and poetry since I was very young. Nadia, you accomplished so much in such little time. So my question is, where do you find your motivation? Oh, from other people. <laughs> um, you know, it's whenever, oh, it's a hard question. Whenever I'm feeling down, um, there's always something, like at, at one point I had broken my foot in three places. I had had a lot of back problems and back surgery, and this was kind of the final straw. And I was so feeling sorry for myself. And then I realized that we have a friend who now lives in Texas who actually broke his knee and ended up having to have his leg amputated. And when I looked at that compared to my life, And he was so positive and so filled with energy and, and love and light and still is. I felt horrible feeling sorry for myself. You know what I mean? I know. I have been so blessed and I, and I really hate to use that word, but it's true. I've been so blessed. My life is so good. Um, it's just amazing. Yeah. I also see that you help aid also women stay sober by sponsoring them. Can you tell us a little bit about the sponsoring process and what it entails? Sure. Um, so I, I do a 12-step program. I do AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, which just was the original one. That's why I do it. I don't know why versus NA, which is Narcotics Anonymous. Um, but anyway, so when there's a new person that comes to the um, meetings, they have to find a sponsor and that sponsor helps take them through the 12 steps and, and is there for them 
when they, you know, they're supposed to call your, you're supposed to call your sponsor every day. Although I will say not all of my ladies do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, you know, you're there to sort of guide them through the steps and, and just be someone they can trust and someone that doesn't judge them. And um, it's, in fact, it is the 12th step is reaching out and helping others. So that's what helps keep us sober, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it must be so rewarding. Yeah, it is. It really is. I've had, I mean, honestly, I, I had one woman I was sponsoring who had some um, psychological problems and she was still sober, but she ended up taking her own life. She shot herself in the head and that was absolutely devastating. I felt like I should have been able to help her more. There's, I wrote a poem about her. It's, it's a beautiful poem. Obviously, it wasn't my fault, but it was just devastating. And because you get so close to these women and, you know, for the most part, I can help them. <laughs> and in this case, she just she needed more help than I was capable of giving. That's very, very sad. And I believe that it must be very difficult for you as a recovering addict to sponsor others. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, there's some, you know, there's some people you just can't help. They keep drinking or they keep using drugs. Um, but, and that's sad. Um, and it's frustrating too. Like you keep going, Oh my gosh, just, just get it. (laughs) Um, but some people, most people I'm able to help and, and it's just very rewarding. Yeah. I, I can imagine how, how you must feel happy when you see someone that is improving. Definitely. Definitely. And Nadia, I have a quote for you. It's from Nelson Mandela. And he says, don't judge me by my success. Judge me by how many times I fell down and got back up again. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I would like to know what do you think about it? Oh, I love that. Um Definitely. That's and a very interesting spin on, on life, isn't it? Because obviously I've fallen many times. Um, and, you know, there are times when I look at my life and I'm like, oh, I, you know, I used to work in the film industry and I don't anymore because I've had so many spine surgeries, et cetera. So I had, I couldn't keep working. And so I see my friends, you know, at the Academy Awards and all this stuff, you know, it's a different life. My life is completely different from that now. So I feel like maybe I'm not successful, but I love that what he says that it's how many times have I gotten up? Yeah, that's beautiful. It's beautiful. That's why I chose it for you, because I thought you would like quote And can you tell us about your writing process, Nadia? Oh, I used to, and I don't anymore. I used to write a little every day. Um, 
and one should, I believe, write every day, but I don't. Um, but now what happens is I'll get like a sentence or something or um, something in my head that I'll just work off of. And I'll often it'll be when I'm driving or when I'm alone, it'll just something will hit me in the head <laughs> and then, and I'll start kind of making it up in my head. And then I get home and I, and I start writing it. And, um, with my best stories or poems, it just comes out like a cathartic mass, you know, it, it comes out quickly. And when I read it later, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I wrote that. Um, I have one story in, uh, scars called fire and it's about a woman who was abused by her father and what happens and i won't ruin it for you but i um i read a newspaper article that was about this woman and what she did and i i really wanted to get in her head and i just sat and wrote and pre- like as if i was her as if I was she and wrote from her viewpoint as to why she did what she did. And it was, and it's a really good story. It's, it starts out, it's the first story in scars. And Nadia, what do you wish you knew when you started out? Oh, so many things. Well, first of all, I wish I hadn't, you know, smoked Mm -hmm. crack (laughs) or done cocaine, but I don't, I honestly, I don't regret anything that that's happened to me in my life because I learned so much from everything. I do wish I knew a little bit more about promoting my, my work. Um, I do have, it's through a publishing house called Punk Hostage Press, but it's an independent house and, you know, it's, it's just, one or two people running the publishing house and she's very busy. So we do most of our own promotion and uh, which, you know, was, has been difficult. I didn't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. It's it's very difficult. After uh, these two books, I'm sure it will be a piece of cake for the next one. After doing, trying to do it during the pandemic, um, I learned a lot, actually, because that was hard. We couldn't do public readings, you know, stuff like that. Um, So it's been very interesting. What advice would you give your younger self knowing everything you know now? Oh, my goodness. Um, Don't... Don't give up. Um, (laughs) You know, there were so many times I have, I also have depression, which is well controlled now, but there was quite some time when I, when I was young and depressed and I didn't know I was, you know, doing drugs and, and, you know, dating too many men and, you know, just a mess. I wasn't, I didn't love myself. And I actually had a person, um, a good friend tell me once, you know, I wish you loved yourself as much as, as we love you. And that has always stayed with me. That that was really good advice. And I wish, I wish I had at a younger age. 
Yeah, this is this is a good advice. And Nadia, the work you do with these ladies, with these women, is a beautiful work. And yeah, I think if everyone could do for others what you do, I think the world would be way better. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I am. Um... We often say, because we have, you know, in AA, we have the AA big book and we say we wish everybody had had a, a chance to read it because it would change your life. So many people would, if they did the steps just in everyday life, it's a good way to live, to give back is all. How has the pandemic affected those you sponsor And what has been your advice for this unique situation we are all going through? Well, I mean, the, the meetings closed down. So we, we did it on Zoom, which thank God, because then we could go to Zoom meetings in, say, Australia or, you know, anywhere we wanted, which was interesting. But it's also hard because you miss the companionship of real people. Um, Some, a couple people I knew didn't want to do Zoom. They didn't, um, either they weren't, you know, they're tech savvy or they just didn't trust it. So they've suffered as far as staying. I mean, they've stayed sober, but I don't know how, honestly. Mm. Um, and I think um, now meetings are starting to open up in person, which is great. And I still like, I see my sponsees when during the pandemic, I was doing Zoom meetings with them at once a week instead of seeing them in person until we were fully vaccinated. Um, but it, it was definitely a very hard year. I mean, it was for everyone. It has been complicated, but hopefully we are going to get our normal lives back again. Definitely. Thank God. And Nadia, where can we find you and your books? So the books are Scars, um, Scars and Driving in the Rain. And I have a website, which is Nadia Bruce Rawlings. Dot com and it's R-A-W-L-I-N-G-S, Bruce, BruceRawlings.com. Or you can get them on Amazon as well. Or on even on punkhostagepress.com. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram, Nadia Bruce Rawlings. And I'm available all the time. You can email me at NadiaRawlings at Gmail. So we can reach you easily. Definitely. And I always respond. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And Nadia, I want to tell you that you are such a strong woman. I'm super honored to have you here today. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be here. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating 
does. Until next time.